this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich works. An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I. I didn't come here for that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and welcome to episode three. I hope everyone has had a good week. Um, It was kind of a weird week. I'm recording this the week after the lunar eclipse, um, and I think everyone I talked to anyway had a pretty weird kind of weirdly stressful week. Um, I'm actually recording this at a much different time than I usually record. I usually record on Sunday afternoons, and it's 10 p.m. on Monday. So I had work today, um, and then I had to come home, and I ended up watching the fire documentary on Netflix, actually, because I was only going to watch like 45 minutes, and then I was going to go record. But it was really fascinating, so instead I got wrapped up in that. Um, But I really wanted to get this episode done and ready to go, so... I'm back on it, so (laughs) I hope everyone had a better week than I had, but now we're here. It was sort of a weird week, but I'm excited to be recording now and doing this because this week we're talking about a TV show um, that I just, it means a lot to me. I think it means a lot to everyone who uh, had any kind of passing interest in VH1 reality in the mid-2000s. Um, this is basically the granddaddy of all VH1 to- shitty reality, especially shitty, I should say, shitty reality dating TV shows. So we are talking about The Surreal Life Season 3. Um, so I specifically wanted to dive into The Surreal Life pretty early because, um, like I mentioned, it is the fertile ground from whence all other VH1 shows sprung up, it seems. I don't know if there were any shows that weren't direct spinoffs from The Surreal Life at a certain point in the mid-2000s, so to give a brief overview of why we're going to go through this, Surreal Life Season 3 featured Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen. Okay, Brigitte, Bridget, they call her Bridget. I think she calls herself Bridget, but I've always known her as Brigitte Nielsen, so if you catch me saying that, I don't know, sue me, whatever. Sorry, sorry, Bridget. <laughs> um, so anyway, Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen were both on the cast of the surreal life season three and they had some weird love connection that's uh i don't know transcended age and location and nationality and all kinds of reason <laughs> and they fell in love um so they ended up doing a spinoff show called strange love you know very apt title um and it was kind of a will they won't they are they going to end up together or not um spoiler alert obviously not so then after strange love came the whole flavor of love series obviously after flavor of love there was i love new york and then like i love new york got her own new york goes to hollywood and new york goes to work and then there was real chance of love and then there was rock of love you know which wasn't a spinoff of flavor of love but it was a spinoff of the idea of flavor of love and came after flavor of love and then from rock of love there was daisy of love and then charm school which featured the rock of love and flavor of love women and there's just so much there was a shot of love with tila tequila which i believe was on mtv not vh1 but I'm, i think we all know that it was inspired by flavor of love so Flavor of Love is very important, and to talk about Flavor of Love, you first have to talk about the surreal life. 
So that's why I wanted to start here. Um, so my personal journey with the surreal life, do I say personal journey every single time? I think I might. I mean, this is only the third episode, so we'll see how far this goes. But if that gets annoying, I don't know. Tell me, email me. Don't put it in a review. Unless it's a five-star review and you just want to give some constructive criticism within it. Um, but yeah, I watched, I definitely watched The Surreal Life. I loved The Surreal Life. Again, this was like peak middle school time for me. Maybe even late elementary school. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but like this, VH1 was my like bread and butter. It was my favorite channel, definitely. I mean, probably along with Nickelodeon, Disney Channel. But like I was super into VH1. Um, and I definitely watched all seasons of The Surreal Life. Even the first two that didn't air on VH1. They definitely, I think they re-aired on VH1. <clears throat> because I don't think I ever watched it on the WB or whatever. But it was, um, The Surreal Life was pretty much my first and in, in many cases my only exposure to the celebrities that were featured on the show. Um, so I think I had a different viewing experience than the average Surreal Life viewer. Um, since most people were familiar with the work that the artists had done previously going into The Surreal Life. And I was just like, who are these strange rich people that live in this fancy house? Let's see what they do. They drink a lot. <laughs> um, so that, I don't know, that was, that was my background on Surreal Life. Um, so like I mentioned, it was originally airing on the WB. It started in 2003. Um, and they originally wanted to call it The Surreal World because it was a play on the real world. Uh, but they had to change their name to avoid any legal issues with that. And then on September 5th, 2004, season three began airing, and that was the first season to air on VH1. So seasons three through six aired on VH1. Um, and then, as I mentioned, they have many spinoffs uh, from The Surreal Life, you know, specifically from season three that I mentioned earlier. But actually, later on in season four, Adrian Curry and Christopher Knight got their own romance themed spinoff called My Fair Brady. And I think I definitely want to go back on that. So, um, or I want to go back and touch on that later. Uh, so I think we'll come back to The Surreal Life and do season four later on so we can eventually do My Fair Brady, just depending on what everyone thinks. Um, but yeah. And then actually uh, season five had Peppa of Salt and Peppa, and uh, Peppa eventually got several shows as well. So, um, so we are specifically going to discuss uh, episode three of season three. Um, so there were a few contenders of episodes to recap this season. I definitely wanted to kind of touch on the relationship between Flavor Flav and Brigitte, but there there will be an opportunity, I think, to talk about it no matter which episode I chose because their storyline of them falling in love and them, you know, just getting to know one another and their interactions, you know, there's kind of a, it's it's a troubled romance I would say I mean it's not all sunshine and roses from the get-go they kind of have some conflict initially I think that's what attracts them to each other is they're not afraid to kind of talk back to one another and stand up to one another uh Brigitte Nielsen is like two feet taller than Flavor Flav like at one point in the first episode she just like corners him like into a wall and like her breasts are like right at his face and he's just like staring down into them and then just like if he didn't already have that fetish he certainly does now good job Brigitte um so yeah, their their whole thing was basically the entire plot line of the surreal life this season. It was otherwise it was kind of a boring season um, if they didn't have those two characters. I think that yeah, I would say that Brigitte, Flavor Flav, and then a little bit Charo are like the axis upon which season three spun. Um, 
So I wanted to find an episode that had, you know, something to do with them, but also didn't entirely focus on their relationship because that was definitely some of the other episodes uh, earlier in the season, like the first and second episodes really heavily focused on that. Um, so this one I liked because it had a kind of complete separate story. It had like a task that the Surreal Life cast was going to do. Um, and there were some other episodes later on that were two-parters, and I thought that was a little bit complicated. I didn't know if I'd have enough time to cover both aspects um, of the, the storyline. So I chose this one. It's a Battle of the Bands. So that's what it's called, Battle of the Bands. Um, and it's fun. Uh, I'll get into it later. There's a little bit of a twist if you don't remember this episode right off the top of your head. <laughs> you don't have a, a deep encyclopedic knowledge of the entire Surreal Life back catalog. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Um, so it kind of came to this one. Um, and so the plot of the surreal life in kind of just in general was like the celebrities, they would live together in this house, um, and they would, you know, just kind of have to deal with one another's personalities. And then occasionally they would have like tasks to do or places to go. Um, so, you know, they have a battle of the bands in this one, like later on, one of the two part episodes is they have to, uh, write, record, produce a single where all of the cast members have like something to do on it within 12 hours. Um, in another episode, they go to San Diego randomly just to go see Charo perform in a show that I assume she already had booked. So that's what they do on The Surreal Life. They just like hang out for two weeks in a fancy house. Rich people who don't already have fancy houses. All right, so we open on the previously. We always get a previously on The Surreal Life. So... <clears throat> The first scene we get is um, from the previous episode, Flavor Flav and Brigitte were practically fucking in the pool. Uh, like that was literally like he was groping her. <laughs> they they were groping one another. There was some innuendo about uh, his dick size basically poking her back. Um, you know, it's, it's fun. Uh, and then Ryan was really grossed out by that and she didn't want to get in the pool. She like called a friend over. Oh, should I have gone through all of the characters? I think I should have gone through all of the characters that are in this season. Okay, so there's obviously Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen, who I've talked about extensively. Um, we have Dave Coulier of Full House fame. Um, there's Charo, who I think I mentioned earlier, um, you know, legendary guitarist and known for being on The Love Boat more times than anyone else other than the main cast, I guess. I'm not very familiar with The Love Boat. I don't know really what that show was, but whatever. Um, Jordan Knight, who was the youngest from New Kids on the Block, and I think that's it, other than Ryan Starr, who was the first season of American Idol seventh place runner-up. Yeah, you go, girl. Um, it's kind of funny because, like, everyone's a little bit, not of a has-been necessarily, but they definitely have the bulk of their career it was in the past or what might have been considered the peak of their career was in the past, whereas Ryan was, like, her star was ostensibly on the rise. I don't know about that. Um, we'll get into that discussion later on. Um, so anyway, cut back. So Ryan, who is like 21, where all these people are in their at least 40s and up, I would say. <laughs> um, she's like being grossed out by Flavor Flav and Brigitte fucking in the pool. Um, their task on the previous episode was to have a date night. Uh, Flavor and Ryan did not get along with one another. Um, they clashed because he was playing pool. And then, at the end, they show Brigitte climbing into Flavor's bed, and she gets naked, and it's implied that they have sex, which, one, is gross just because Dave Coulier is literally in the room, and what's up with Dave? Um, and two, it's interesting, 
because it, it shows them clearly in episode two getting into his bed. There's an episode later on, like episode seven or eight, I want to say, out of ten, where Flavor Flav wakes up in the morning and he tells Dave, he's like, ah, yeah, Bridget got in my bed last night and, you know, she, we was fooling around. And it flashed back to the clips of her getting in the bed from episode two. So I just want to point that out. There's a little bit of um, some timeline fuckery going on with the editing. If I had, like, really been committed to watching this, I did watch the entire season, like I, I tend to do when it's a one linear uh, storyline. If I had been really committed, I would have gone back and, like, rewatched and tried to take notes on everyone's outfits and tried to see, like, what outfits they're wearing on what days to see if I can, like, kind of align the overall timeline and see, like, where they chopped like try to pay attention to the talking heads confessionals and see like what outfits they're wearing there but I didn't <laughs> I only watched it one time and I was like I know that the editing is going to be fucked and I hope that I can catch some of that on my own but I'm not going to like really go back and rewatch specifically to be like haha there's some editing fuckery um but that's something that I noticed definitely and I was just like hmm I wonder like what the timeline was with their actual like romance and like how long it led up to that if it really happened that early or that late in the season. Okay so they have the theme song plays after the previously on you know the theme song is just like little graphics of the individual cast members and they each have a little quote that they say it's fine. The one thing I do want to point out again because I'm going to come back to this a lot Ryan Starr is really annoying. And I like I wanted to fight that because I do think it's like a societal thing to think young women like we're conditioned to think young women are annoying but she was <laughs> she was really annoying and so her quote um says something about like oh yeah I went from being a normal suburban girl to going to psycho stardom and I was like you were seventh place on American Idol and it wasn't even that big it was the first season like it got really big after that like it was obviously a phenomenon once it started airing but I don't know who you are, homegirl, and I know who at least the rest of these people are, so sorry about it. Um, all right, we have some I, such beautiful heart music. It just took me back to, like, that era of VH1. It had, like, a very specific, almost campy, I, I would say definitely campy editing quality to it on a lot of their shows with, like, really overdone dramatic music. So it has, like, it's opening. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Like, it's beautiful morning. Um, the clock says 8.57 a.m. The first shot, you see Brigitte asleep in the phone, what looks to be the phone room, not in Flavor's bed. Um, and so Dave Coulier is up. He's lacing up his skates. He's playing hockey on the tennis court. Uh, he goes into, like, rouse everyone because he's like such a dad in this Dave Coulier if anything else he's just like a dad and he's like all right kids like let's get up um so he wakes up Flavor Flav Flavor goes in and wakes up Charo and Ryan and they're pissed at him um Charo Charo is super adorable this entire season and she's like really grumpy about being woken up but it's like really cute she's wearing this cute little robe um and she's like I'm, I'm not gonna do Charo's accent because ugh, you just can't replicate it if you don't know who Charo is you need to go look her up and just I don't know look up any clip from a VH1 show but preferably the Surreal Life season 3 episode 3 so you have some context but um she's like I'm a person who likes to sleep late I'm gonna jump through a window I can't take it and it's really cute all right so Flavor goes into the next room I want to point out that in the hallway of this like mansion that they're living in in the Hollywood Hills um it I think it was specifically someone it, it definitely was someone's mansion, like someone significant, but someone who I don't know. And I could have written that down from the Wikipedia article, but I didn't. So 
Um, and I don't know if this mansion came pre-decorated from the person who they bought it and or leased it from, but there is a pop art picture that's just a noose. It's just a noose in the hallway. It's like a black and white pop art graphic of a noose. And I was like, that is a design choice. And I don't know if I would have gone with that. Um, so Flavor walks past the noose and goes into the room where Brigitte is just smoking. Um, and she's in the phone room. Uh, she asks if he missed her. And he's like, oh, I missed you all the time I was sleeping. And I was like, hey, wasn't she just in your bed, allegedly? Anyway, just want to point that out. They snuggle. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Flavor talks about how he like loves him some Brigitte. And then he says this thing. He's like, we got it going on. Hubba, 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 big girl. And I just cracked up at that because it was weird, but it was funny. Um, so in every episode, they get this newspaper tabloid thing that comes like, it looks like a tabloid. It doesn't look like a newspaper, but it like hits their front door like a newspaper does. Um, and so that kind of tells them what their task will be for the day. Um, so the headline says, crank it up. Uh, Dave Coulier grabs it from the doorstep. They all applaud the paper. I just thought that was funny. So Ryan reads, um, first ever battle of the surreal bands. So it's going to be in teams of two, Flavor Flav and Jordan Knight, Dave and Brigitte, and Ryan and Charo. And then it says that they're going to be sent nine musicians to round out their band, and then each band will be able to choose three of the nine. Um, and so Jordan gets a little talking head that says he likes the idea of professional musicians, so just tuck that away for later. Um, and then each band will get $1,000. No, I'm sorry, not each band. Um, the band that wins, the band that wins will get $1,000 to be donated to a charity of their choice, which is nice. Um, so they have three songs that they can pick from. Dave and Bridge pick Wild Thing. Flav and Jordan pick Play That Funky Music White Boy. And then Charo and Ryan pick Born to be Wild. Charo has no idea what that song is. Um, and then Ryan's like, oh, she's from Spain. Of course she has no idea what it is. Um, so I was just, I was like, okay, I know that Charo had a pretty long career in America. Let's just, let's just look it up and see. Now, just, just for note, Born to be Wild was released in 1969. Charo first performed in America in 1965. So just FYI, everyone, it's entirely possible that she could have heard Born, Born to be Wild. I'm just, I'm just saying she might've played it up or production might've asked her to play it up anyway. Um, and it's cute. So she starts like drumming on the uh, counter with some spoons and singing like a made up version of Born to be Wild or what she thinks Born to be Wild is. And she's like, I'm born to be white, 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 born to be white, white, white. And then like they all kind of just like party and dance and it's cute. Um, and so they kind of all split up. Uh, Charo and Ryan walk into the bedroom and they're going to begin practicing ahead of getting the musicians because, you know, they're they're professional musicians like that and th they have some respect for the craft, so they're going to go ahead and get a jump on it. Um, they walk past that damn noose picture. And so um, Charo's like, oh, I have this song, uh, I have a problem with this song, Born to be Wild. It's not my style. And it's just cute because it rhymes. Um <laughs> And then she's just like says that she doesn't like the uh, the song. She doesn't want to do it. They want she wants to make up her own song. Um, so she says she wants to make up a song called the the Mississippi Sisters. Um, and then again with this like little campy editing that they have in the surreal life that I really love. Uh, it reminds me of um, the editing on Trixie and Katya. If you're a RuPaul's Drag Race fan, Trixie and Katya's YouTube show, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce into this microphone. Um, and how they'll just have like the little editing graphics slipped in according to what the you know people are saying on screen it just is fun so 
um, as Chara was talking about the Mississippi sisters, there's a little graphic that the editors put in that's like Ryan's done up in like bow, like pigtails with blue bows on them, and Charo has a cowboy hat and a, a banjo, and there's a gator at the bottom of the screen. Um, and so she's like, Charo's making up this song about the sisters and that they're going to, um, gonna go out and find men and find money and have fun or something about that. Um, and uh, as they're like doing this, they cut to this. The, so this season of The Surreal Life, they have a puppy which is just the puppy is adorable. It's like a golden retriever puppy and it's super cute and there's like a whole fun little plot line of like no one can decide on what the puppy's name is. So like Charo will call it Coochie and um, Bridget calls it Boogie um, and Ryan called the puppy Fatso and then Flavor, so Flavor Flav called the puppy Bosco, um, which I think personally is the best name for the puppy because all the other names are kind of stupid. Um, and then at the end, the puppy is going to go home with Dave Coulier. And so Dave's on the phone with his son and he's like talking about how he's going to bring the puppy home. And Dave specifically says to the, or I think the son says to Dave, he's like, what do you want to call it? Or what are we going to call it? And Dave goes, oh, I was thinking about Winger. And so then like as they're all packing up and getting ready to say goodbye and leave, he like is talking to Flavor Flav and he was like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to call the puppy Winger and I'm going to bring him home as, um, you know, a present for my son. And Flavor is like, no, 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 that's a bad name. You gotta, you gotta call him, you gotta call him Bosco. Winger is cheesy. Winger is cheesy. Like all this stuff about how Winger is a bad name. And Dave is just like, well, you know, it's my son's puppy, so that's the name that he picked. Um, and so I'd just like to say, Flavor is right. <laughs> Bosco is a much better name, and Winger is cheesy. Apparently, it was named after the Detroit Red Wings. Um, but it, Winger sounds like Wiener, and it's just not a good name. It's hard to like call. It's like, what are you gonna nickname it? like wingy wing 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 inger like i don't know it's just not it doesn't nickname well i don't think it's a very good name for the dog so he was right about that first of all and then second of all dave tells everyone that that was what his son picked out as a name and so everyone thinks that flavor of love flavor of love my god that flavor flav is being an asshole because he's like making fun of what a 13 year old picked out and calling it cheesy no dave picked out that name the son was like what are we going to call it and dave was like oh i was thinking winger so i'm sorry flavor was in the right just i wanted to say justice for flavor Flav in that regard um so anyway the puppy's rolling around it's really cute um so then as ryan and Charo are like singing this song ryan's like stop stop the problem with this song is that it isn't in proper english i'm like what do you think you're getting with Charo? Um, and so then she's just like, oh, we're singing a country western song with a Spanish singer and it was weird, but like whatever floats her boat and they're just like making up this song together. It doesn't even sound country. It sounds like Spanish flamenco guitar because that's what everything Charo plays sounds like when she's just like doing something in her style. Um, and Ryan's like, oh, this is such a stupid song. We're going to look like idiots. So they're working on their own, you know, personal song. And then we have Bridget and Dave. Um, so they're like, oh yeah, we're the two non-musicians of the group, so we don't really know how we're going to do. But Dave is like, he is, has some musical talent. He's like playing the guitar, like he can strum a little tune. He can play the harmonica pretty well. And then Bridget's just like in this high cut, one piece leopard print bathing suit, which I'm like, honestly, cute, I want. Um, and this like baseball cap. And she starts like doing this weird jerky dance where she's like shaking her hips, like in slow motion and like, rolling her shoulders and it's just really funny she's just like really really feeling herself um and Bridget's like I would like to change the song and Dave just goes you can't 
the musicians are here in 10 minutes and just walks away and I was like that's probably the best way to handle it in that situation um okay so we have a little cut to the the graphic of the surreal times tabloid and it has an article that comes up that says they're here the mystery musicians are on the way um and so I was watching as I always do with the closed captions on it and it said like suspenseful music so you know the twist is coming based on like the editing um and then just we have the dramatic like someone starting to walk in the stairs and then it's like dun 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 and then like with each beat there's like a shot of each of the faces in slow motion and then there's like an echoing oh my god from Charo and then it's like cut to commercial you know like very dramatic and comes back from commercial um and in walks this the music teacher and it's Suzanne Jones music teacher from Marina Del Rey Middle School and there are several student musicians with their instruments um and I just want to point out at this point that as all of the surreal lifers are watching the students come in Flavor Flavor Flav is wearing a giant clock, you know, as he does, and it's a digital clock, so it's easy to read, and it says 12.30. So I was like, all right, there is an easy mark for me to, like, watch her editing fuckery. So I, I make a note of that. Um, and so, like, as the kids come in, like, it's really cute because, like, Charo and Flav just, like, immediately go up. They start greeting the kids. Like, they're being super friendly. All these kids, like, they have no idea who these people are, I'm sure, um, except for maybe Ryan Starr if the kids happen to watch the first season of American Idol when it was airing, like, a year prior to this whenever this was recorded um and so Charo like as she's going up she has her little talking head that pops up and she's like oh I pretended to be cool but I was kind of worried because they were so young um and so then they each kind of Jordan and uh, Dave Coulier each have a little confessional it's like oh we have to be strategic in how we pick the right kids with the right instruments for our song so they the kids all line up the surreal lifers are like at this long table as if they're like casting directors um you know like the kids are just like lining up and waiting to be picked one by one by these celebrities and I was just like I bet that's really intimidating for these children and I just I wonder if these kids were compensated in any way just like other than getting to be there I'm sure it was a cool experience overall but I don't know I just bet that that was like really intimidating to be like okay stand in front of these celebrities and wait to be picked by them so anyway, they begin picking the kids one by one. Um, I noticed that at this point there is a kid. He's wearing a jaunty bowler hat, and I just wanted to point that out. Um, and so they go through. There's two two kids left, and before they have the final pick, there's a little um, talking head of Jordan Knight, and he says that he wants Dave to pick the girl with the accordion because he doesn't want to wind up with her because he thinks that doesn't go with uh, play that funky music and then there's like this more dramatic editing of Rosa standing with her accordion and it goes like da 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 with like dim lighting and I was just like it seems a little bit extra maybe a little bit mean but whatever so of course Jordan instant karma he ends up with Rosa um and then like she gets her own little interview after that and she's like it sucks to be chosen last but I'm an accordion player and I get that it doesn't go with the mood and she just has a really good attitude and it's really cute and I, I like Rosa a lot in this episode she kind of becomes a star later on so just want to give her a quick shout out hope she's doing well I don't know how how old would she be now like late 20s so I don't know where are you Rosa are you doing okay I hope so I hope you're like the best accordion player in the world right now I should look that up I, I'm sure it's not her so I'm not going to um so all of the groups head off to rehearse and then we get like a little timestamp graphic at the uh, bottom that says it has it says one or sorry three point five hours until showtime. All right, three point five, three of it, three and a half. That's three hours and thirty minutes, right? Okay, we're gonna come back to this later. 
Um, so first it comes up with Charo and Ryan's group and Charo says, okay, born to be wild. So I guess that they've given up on the Mississippi sisters. <laughs> and the, like Charo gets her own little interview and she's like, oh, I wrote a cute song. It was absolutely cute. Would be a hit in the show. Uh, but the kids don't know nothing about music. So I agreed to learn Born to be Wild. And I'm like, don't blame this on the children. The task was to sing Born to be Wild. Don't. So I don't know. I was like, stop it. <laughs> Um, and then there, there's this little girl in their group. I guess she's not a little girl. She's a preteen, a tween, if you will, um, Madison. And she's like teaching Charo the lyrics to Born to be Wild. Um, and then Charo and Ryan are like kind of directing the kids, but it's like mostly like chaos. Charo is like trying to talk to Ryan. Ryan doesn't understand what she's saying. Like no one understands what she's saying. Bowler Hat Kid is on their team and he's the guitarist and she's like trying to teach him how to play guitar and she's like strumming different chords and like screeching like A, B, E, and yeah, are those chords? I hope so. Uh, and he, he doesn't understand. And so then it has like a little separate interview with him. His name is Matt and he has his little bowler hat talking head. He's like, I don't think I'm learning anything from Charo. She's past her prime. I think she should start dressing her age. And then it like cuts back to her. Charo looks great. I don't know what Matt is talking about. Like maybe Charo's, you know, she might be on the older side, but like age is just a number. Charo looks amazing. She's wearing like these tight black like shorts and this like off the shoulder, like yellow top. And she's like shimming around with the tambourine and she looks hot. So sorry about it. You don't understand what you're talking about, Matt. All right, so that's it with Charo and Ryan for now. We have Flavor and Jordan and their groups outside. At this point, the graphic at the bottom, it says 3.15 hours to showtime. So I don't know if that means three hours and 15 minutes because I feel like that makes more logical sense as a, like, as a time unit. 3.15 isn't really a fraction that people use to discuss units of time. So it was weird. <laughs> Um, I just want to point out that inconsistency. Um, and so like their group looks like they're having just the most fun. Flavor Flav is being super encouraging. He's like just having an amazing time telling the kids that they're going to have the best band in the world. He's on the drums. Uh, Jordan's on the keyboard and they have like a trumpet player, a bass player, and then Rose of the accordionist. Um, and if you don't know, Flavor Flav is actually like a musical prodigy. Like he taught himself how to play piano at five. He can play like I don't know, 15 or something instruments. Like Flavor Flav is really good at um, music. So they're actually like probably going to do really well in this band. Um, so they start playing. They actually sound really good. The melody is definitely recognizable as play that funky music. Uh, Flavor has his little talking head. He says like, I'm enjoying myself. Kids and instruments are my world. It's just like really cute. And then he's like, yeah, Rosa, rock it, Rosa. Kill that accordion. Kill it, Rosa. Rosa by herself. And like he gives... Rosa her little moment she does like a little accordion solo I don't know it's just like the cutest thing the kids look like they're having a blast Jordan isn't being like a little stuck-up asshole for like once in his life he actually looks like he's having fun too so it, it's really cute um so he stands up flavor stands up from behind his little drum kit at this point the digital clock it clearly says 4 p.m so if they left immediately after the kids were picked which was around 12 30 we'll say one and it was three and a half hours at Charo and Ryan's time, which was like immediately after the kids were picked and 3.15 hours, whatever that means, you know, at this time, it shouldn't be 4 p.m. already. So I just want to point that out. Um, so they, the kids ask to take a break, fine. And then it cuts to them in the kitchen and Flavor is like, oh, do you want me to make grilled cheese? And the kids are like, yeah, yeah. So he's making grilled cheese. He turns, his clock says 225. <laughs> 
So I got them. I was like, I knew to look. I knew that they would slip up. So at this point, Bridget comes in. She has like her kids trailing behind her. And then Flavor's like, oh yeah, I'll hook my crew up with grilled cheese. And then I'm going to hook your crew up with grilled cheese too. Um, and then there's like this weird, like as he's talking to Bridget in this scene, there's like a shot of Bridget and a voiceover of Flavor talking to her. But it sounds like the audio was cut in from a different time. And it's like, it just says that he really likes Bridget. So I don't know if that was necessarily what he said at this moment in time because it would be kind of weird to be in front of like, I don't know, six children and be like, yeah, I really like you, girl. But, you know, Flavor Flav has never let fear of being weird ever stop him before. So who's to say? I just want to point out any editing inconsistencies that I do notice. Um, and then Bridget just gets like a little talking head that saying that he's like a deep-hearted guy and he's really sweet and they flirt and then Flavor burns the grilled cheese because he's distracted with flirting. Um, and then we have a little cut to Dave and Bridget's group. At this point the graphic says three hours to show time. So this, I don't know when Flavor and Bridget were in the kitchen together, but it wasn't at this time. Um, Dave is like, you know, doing the work with actually like trying to direct the children and like helping them. And Bridget is just like rolling around on the floor with a puppy in her like her little like high cut pants or you know her high cut bathing suit. Um, and Dave Coulier has a talking head about how her shit is just like inappropriate. Um, he says that where he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's a it's a little it's a lot for an eleven year old to chew on. And I was like, ooh, don't say chew on in this context, please. Just kind of gross. Um, and then like there's like a shot of the kids just like looking shook as Bridget rolls around on the floor and then she like is like I'm leaving or I need a break and she just leaves and so like Dave is like trying to work on it with the kids by himself they sound pretty good it's not as good as flavors group but it's whatever um he says that he's having a good time with the kids he's like into the dad role and like this entire time like I said he's just basically house dad like the entire season um and then like one of the kids is like where's Bridget and it just like cuts to her asleep in her bed um she chose the bed by the way that's like in the middle of the living room just like off to the side with a curtain and it has this like sticky vinyl mattress and it's like a giant circle so she's just like in a common area asleep and she has like her pack of marlboros just like tucked underneath her chin as she's sleeping um just like snuggled up to her cigs um and so yeah she's just napping and <laughs> so whatever that's it that's the end of the scene uh it cuts back to charo and ryan's group um, it says that showtime is in an hour. I don't know where the last two hours went and what people were doing. Again, the editing is really weird on this. They could have at least spaced out the little graphics so, like, not so much happened in 30 minutes and then, like, nothing was shown for two hours. Um, anyway, so it's Charo and Ryan's group. They look frazzled. Charo is like, oh, the routine is going to suck. The audience is going to throw tomatoes. It's whatever. It's basically, like, they're just stressed. Um... So it cuts to commercial and comes back. And then once we're back from commercial, uh, we have the outside, a shot of the outside of the mansion. And there's, you know, like a poster out front advertising the Battle of the Bands. And then we see a shot of like a, just a sea of screaming children walking up the hill to the house. And I'm just like, oh, my nightmare. <laughs> like, is this the new Dawn of the Dead movie? Because, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> sorry, guys, I don't like kids. Um, so it's, and it's middle schoolers too. I'm sorry. This, that's like the worst age of kid. And I think that we can all agree on that. Um, so like the middle schoolers are like swarming the mansion. Showtime is in 10 minutes. Everyone's getting ready. It's frazzled. Like, you know, it's a, a frazzled frantic pace. Dave Coulier is 
like spray painting one of his charges hair red um charo is like teasing her hair in the bathroom and her hair is a hot mess my god she's got got one giant like giant hair roller like just in her bangs and like the rest of her hair is like it's just sticking straight up i'm like trying to motion to show you but this is not a visual medium so you can't see um and she's like oh how much longer do we have left an hour half hour and ryan's like seven minutes and she just like freaks out um and so like ryan is like she's like doing the makeup on um the girl madison's face and like as she's doing the makeup she says something like Ugh, the band isn't ready i'm about to pee my pants and i'm like i really hope this is just a voiceover and not you're saying this like to this child who's like about to go on stage and perform because you guys are not like being very like reassuring right now to these like 12 year olds um and so we have one of the little like editing graphics of the surreal times and it's like a oh, packed house ready to rock and then it's like a very Brady MC arrives for the big show and so it like zooms in it's the outside of the house in the backyard with the pool um it's nighttime the sun has set there's like a big stage that's been set up and it's overlooking the pool and so the very Brady MC is Barry Williams who played Greg Brady um I don't know why he was invited to be the MC to this show for a bunch of middle schoolers who probably don't care about him but whatever um yeah literally my notes say first of all why second of all these kids probably don't know slash care who this guy is and also third of all what is with the surreal life's obsession with brady bunch celebrities just because they are always on the surreal life so in this season we have you know this guy barry williams in the next season there's christopher knight who played peter brady i think peter brady um and then in like a later season there's florence henderson who was the mom in the Brady Bunch, and she plays the house therapist in The Surreal Life, but she's not a therapist. I was like, that's kind of irresponsible to call her the house therapist when she's, like, not a licensed therapist. Because I looked that up. I was like, oh, did she go back to school and get a degree after acting? No. Um, so, anyway, it's just like The Surreal Life is forever bringing on the Bradys. Um, so the first up is Dave and Bridget's band, The Surreal Deal. Um, the kids start launching into it. The kids are playing all the instruments. Dave is singing. And Bridget has on a tight black jumpsuit, a green tinsel wig, a hot pink boa, and she is just wiggling around on stage. And that is her contribution to the song. Um, and so in one of Dave's talking head confessionals, he's like, you know, oh, well, you know, the band did pretty well, but Bridget was Zed help the whole time. And as he said Zed, he holds up his, you know, hand in a circle to make a zero shape. And I was super confused because I know that in Canada – they say Z for Z. Do they say Z for zero? And also, Dave Coulier is not Canadian. Because <laughs> I thought that he was. I full on thought that he was. I knew that he like had dated Alanis Morissette and that she's Canadian. So I was just like, yeah, you know, Canadian buddies. They go way back. But later on, when I was looking up, you know, Winger the Dog, the Detroit Red Wings, I was like, why does he support Detroit and not like one of the bazillion Canadian hockey teams? He's from Michigan. So in Michigan, do they say Zed for zero? I have a friend from Michigan, so hope I hope that you're listening to this and please let me know. Um, so anyway, I'm just like very curious what Zed meant in this context. I just wanted to point that out. So after Dave has his little confessional, it like cuts over to Bridget and she's like, oh yeah, I felt great on stage. Napping, resting, it really makes you kick butt. 
So it's just like, all right, well, she's just like very much the person who like does not contribute anything to the group project, comes in for the presentation, completely bullshits her way through the presentation, and then somehow like comes off with like a better grade than anyone else. Like, I just feel like that is very much her MO the entire time. Um, so, like, after they get off, they have, like, this little interview <laughs> off stage, and they kind of, like, talk about, like, oh, they're just, like, so proud of the kids. They did, they did a great job. Like, they're with the kids as they're getting interviewed. And so, like, the, the kid, there's, like, you know, the three of them, and the kid on the far left has this just, like, thousand-yard stare, completely blank-faced expression that, like, doesn't change at all. He's just, like, dead behind the eyes and, like, has no emotion whatsoever. And, like, at one point is Bridget's, like, saying, you know, how much she, like, loved the kids and they did so well. And she kind of, like, you know, brings them all in for a little bit of a hug. And, like, as she, like, you know, wraps her arm around him and, like, moves him, like, his face registers nothing. Like, no acknowledgement of the fact that he was just touched, like, whatsoever. So I was just like, was he just, like, traumatized by being on stage and performing? I hope this kid is okay. Um... And so, like, they cut away from uh, David and Bridget, and they kind of cut over to Charo and Ryan, and they're, like, doing a pre-going-on-stage interview. And so, like, one of the kids in front is just like, yeah, I'm nervous. And Ryan's like, no, rock stars, shh. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're rock stars. And I was just like, don't be a bitch, Ryan. <laughs> Again, this is probably me just being picky because I found her incredibly annoying, but just like, I don't know. Let the kid be nervous. He's 11. Um, so Barry comes out, MCs, welcomes them to the stage, their band name is, again, okay, Ryan Starr and the Madison Avenue Rockers. And this just makes me mad that Ryan was highlighted in the group. And I'm hoping that the Madison Avenue is a reference to Madison, who's like the other singer. But again, that's not like highlighting her as like the main person. And Ryan was not the main person. <laughs> I, I just, I don't like Ryan. Um, so anyway, as they're like starting to sing like you can hear Ryan and you can hear the child Madison and Madison is like 10 times better than you know seventh runner-up of season one of American Idol Ryan Starr <laughs> and so like Ryan has a talking head and she's like yeah we really train wrecked the drummer started the tempo off really fast Charo's off in her own world and they're just like just all the negativity whatever just go out there and have fun it was annoying but I will say that this is basically the prettiest Ryan ever looks in the entire season. Not to say that she's, like, not pretty. She just, she's very skinny. And this was, like, at a time when, like, being, like, super, super, super skinny was, like, the end-all, be-all of, like, attractiveness. Like, as long as you had that going for you, you were, you know, you got automatically, like, you were at least an eight. And then, like, any other thing on top of that was just, like, icing on the cake. That's why I had body issues all throughout middle school. Is <laughs> just because of people like this who are so, like, just naturally skinny. So it's not to say that she's not pretty, but she I feel like most of her looks were derived from the fact that she was really skinny in a time when that was like very much valued um but like as she's on stage and she's singing her hair is kind of tussled and she does look really pretty right there um so as they're like heading off stage she's like she says she's like oh that was so much fun why can't all performances be like that and it was cute and I'm just like why couldn't you have had that energy in the interview like two seconds ago or five minutes later or I don't know whenever they interviewed her for this talking head but Charo's like oh we deserve to win and then Bowler Hat Matt is just like not smiling because I guess he was like Ugh, none of these women are professionals me um, yeah I'm sure you're gonna do very well for yourself kid <laughs> I just imagine him being like a very annoying teen boy like you can just tell that he was he, 
Sorry, it's the bowler hat. I was I was just judging him based on the bowler hat. Well, and he said that Charo needed to dress her age. So fuck you, Matt. Um, okay, they're done. Next up, it's Flavor and Jordan's band, King Cold Cuts and the Balonies. And King Cold Cut is spelled with all K's. And the baloney is spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A. So just in case you wanted to, to write that down. Um, Flavor Flav is in like a red afro wig and he's at a cape. And he's just like, he looks like he's having fun. He's at the drum set. It's like really cool how they start their music. Like, you know, he's like tapping his drumsticks together, like getting the, the minimalist beat going. And then like he calls out each, each instrument one by one. So he's like, Rosa, go. And then she like starts on the accordion with like the bum, 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 bum. And then like he's like, oh, trumpet, bass. Or no, trumpet comes in last. He's like, bass, keys. And then like the trumpet comes in and it's like the full play that funky music. And it's just like, it's really great. Um, the trumpet player is wearing Flav's clock and it does say that it's 10 p.m. So again, like do the math. They were done with the selection at like one, you know, one in the afternoon. And it said that they had three and a half, four hours. So how much time has passed and where is it all gone? <laughs> um, and so like, you know, they're playing their song. Jordan has a talking head and he's like, oh, the accordion, she's funky. She got down. So it's like all full circle. Like you learn to appreciate her. Um, and like Rose is just like playing her accordion and jamming and she's grinning and it's like really cute. Um, as they're singing, it, the captions on screen said white boy and you know, play that funky music white boy. But every time Flavor says it, it sounds like he's saying play that funky music right boy. So I don't know if like they just didn't want to bring the racial aspect in with the children or not, but just something I noticed. Um, and so like they're done, you know, they, they head off stage. They're like all jumping around, they're happy. And Flav's just like, oh, I feel like this is the greatest thing that could ever happen in music. And like, it feels genuine. Like it doesn't feel like he's putting it on just because like, oh yeah, like, you know, that's how you act around kids. Like it truly feels like he's like, we are the best fucking band. And it's just like really sweet. And like, you know, Flavor Flav, he definitely has his flaws. Um, he he's not a perfect person but like I do think that deep down he really does have a good heart and I think that he really likes kids and it's it's really cute um and then like Rosa gets like another one of her interviews and again she gets like a full circle moment whereas that beginning she was like I get it people don't really like the accordion she's like Flav taught me I could really rock this accordion I love him and it's just like so cute and like Rosa again she in my opinion she like is the star and like the heart she's like the emotional heart of the episode um it's it's sweet so everyone gathers back on stage and it's like time to do like the vote by applause to determine the winner um it's like you know it's a landslide for cold cuts you can obviously tell like even without the little like graphic that they edit in on the bottom showing the like noise bar like flavor's uh band is winning they were the best um and so flavor flav says that they are going to donate the money to the kids school and you know they cheer all the students cheer they're excited um, and so then like Barry's like oh great now let's go swimming and he acts like he's about to jump in the pool but like it was just a joke but then Bridget comes up behind him and pushes him in the pool um, and I mean it's fine he's he's not mad he's you know he swims around and Bridget has a talking head and she's like oh everyone was like I can't believe you pushed Barry in the pool and I was like why not we lost <laughs> she's like the pool is heated it's fine so, you know, the kids say goodbye, and then, like, Flavor's super happy. He's like, ah, the kids are astronomical, and he's just like, again, he, he just loves kids, and it's really cute. And then Jordan's like, well, I didn't have high expectations, but it was fun. 
<laughs> and so like Flavor and Doran like toast to their success and that they win. And so it's like, all right, it zooms out on the Surreal Life house. You know, you get one last shot of the house at night and that's it. That's in season three, episode three. You get a little like preview of the next episode. Um, it's the one that I mentioned where they go see one of Charo's shows in San Diego. But yeah, that's the end of the episode. So it was fun. It, that one was really cute. And I just kind of wanted to pick it because it had, like I said, it had like the logical kind of beginning, middle, end. It had some like editing that I could clock. And then like the kids, I don't like kids in real life, but it's fun on a TV show. You know, it's it's fun. Rosa was really sweet. Um, and School of Rock was like one of my favorite movies like at this time. I wonder if this episode I mean I'm sure this episode was inspired by School of Rock I'm pretty sure it came out after this so um it's just fun I, it's, I like the School of Rock kind of vibe that it had to it so um let's do a where are they now so I was gonna run through kind of each one of our Surreal Life cast members and just give a little bit of what they've been up to since so Flavor Flav um and I'll I just noticed like most you know like most people who are in the public eye they aren't necessarily performing under their real name um so I thought I would go through and kind of give everyone's like given name so Flavor Flav's real name is William Jonathan Drayton Jr and I just you know it's a bit of a mouthful but I kind of love it so after the surreal life he put out his first solo album solo album in 2006 which was also when the I think the second season of Flavor of Love was airing um, in 2007, he was, you know, kind of the centerpiece of the Comedy Central roast, you know. Then in 2011, he opened Flavor's Fried Chicken Restaurant in Iowa, which shut down four months after opening. And he opened Flavor Flav's Chicken and Ribs in Michigan, which was not associated with the Iowa restaurant in December of 2013. No, sorry, December of 2012, which then closed in 2013 after the landlord evicted them for unpaid rent. Um, and unfortunately, he has since been arrested a couple of times, uh, mostly for driving offenses, which was actually a plot, like, later on in the, the season. When they go down to San Diego, they are given, like, a giant RV to drive, and Dave Coulier drives it the entire way because no one trusts flavor behind the wheel. <laughs> so, yeah, he was arrested a couple times. Um, there was also a domestic violence charge. He apparently threatened his fiancé's son with a knife or something. Um, not great. Like I said, he definitely is flawed, but I do think that deep down he is pretty much a good person. It's hard to say when there's a domestic violence charge against him. I don't want to excuse an abuser, but I don't think he's a serial abuser. I don't know. I just, I can't debate the ethics of Flavor Flav because he's going to be like a frequent guest on this podcast. We're, we're going to come back to Flav a lot. So we're going to err on the side of believing in him and believing that he, he can be the best man he can be. I'm not going to go too much into his um, romantic uh, happenings since then, since I think we will kind of go over all of them more or less as we go through the different spinoff shows. Um, but that's kind of what he's been up to career-wise and criminal justice-wise. Um, so Bridget Nielsen, um, what I thought was interesting, her so she's actually Danish. Um, she is European, and she excuses a lot of her behavior on this season of the surreal life on being european um she kind of drinks and smokes like a lot uh and she sleeps a lot and i don't think it's just because she's tired i think she's passing out drunk everywhere um literally on the first episode she like 
falls over a bunch of luggage that's stacked in the middle of the hallway because she's like completely smashed and then like goes to bed like takes a four-hour nap before they have um like dinner the first dinner there and then she like wakes up is naked comes to bed like hungover or comes to dinner hungover just like wrapped up topless in her like comforter and then she's just like i need a drink where's the wine and she doesn't eat she just drinks wine at dinner and is like topless and then some strippers come out and then immediately she's full of energy and she drops her comforter and she's like just dancing with the male strippers it's male like chippendale dancers and she's just like stripping along with them it's fun uh brigitte nielsen is fun so uh, anyway she is european and her birth name was gita 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 nielsen um which they actually like a lot of the cast members referred to her as as gita or, or geet geet sometimes um so i don't know if she just told them that or if that was like just the natural kind of nickname for bridget or brigitte or whatever but her birth name isn't bridget it's just gita um and so since the surreal life she's had several acting roles uh, she was in the movie El Dorado, Mercenaries in 2014, in the TV series Raising Hope. Um, most recently in 2018, she reprised her role as Ludmila Drago in Creed II. And then she's been on a lot of reality TV shows, um, both U.S. and internationally. She was on international versions of Dancing with the Stars, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, a, a bunch of other shows. Uh, she had a memoir that she released, um, I think it was only in Scandinavia, uh, in 2008. And then in 2007, she actually went to rehab for alcohol issues. So like I mentioned, that uh, was definitely something that was kind of touched on in this season of The Surreal Life, but never as a point of anything serious. No one implied that she had a drinking problem that was serious. It was always just brushed off as her European ways. Um, so she did go to rehab for alcohol issues. And then in 2008, she appeared on Celebrity Rehab. You know, so if real rehab doesn't work, then Celebrity Rehab sure will. Uh, and then in 2018, last year, she gave birth to her fifth child, a daughter named Frida. Um, and she was almost 54 when she gave birth. So that's amazing. So yeah, that's kind of all Brigitte has been up to since then. And we will touch on her romance, um, romantic life uh, in Strange Love, because I think we will cover that. All right, so Charo, um, I, don't even, I don't even know how I'm going to say her full name. I can't say it with the accent. I'm sorry. I really can't. I'm sorry. Maria del Rosario Pilar Martinez Molina Baeza. Baeza? Because she's Spanish? With a B-A-E-Z-A? It's quite long. So we'll just go by Charo. Um, so after Surreal Life, Charo, Charo's career is still like fully going and thriving. She basically hasn't stopped. So she's done everything. Um, she was on that 70s show. She was on VH1's I Love the 70s, which I loved the I Love the Decade series. I, I don't think that really counts as a reality show. It would be like impossible to recap. So I'm not going to do those for this podcast, but I would love an excuse to go back and rewatch all of those. Whenever those were on air, whenever those were airing, I would stop because they would always air in like the entire 10 hour marathon of the entire decade. And I would just sit there and be like, it doesn't matter what I have planned for the rest of my day. Are we halfway through this I Love the 80s marathon? All right, great. I'm here for the next seven hours. Um, so I that was probably, if not the surreal life, and that was definitely my first exposure to Charo was in I Love the 70s. 
Um, she has a regular touring show. Like, even currently in 2019, she's touring. She appears in Las Vegas and Branson, Missouri. Um, in 2008, she was Grand Marshal of the San Francisco Pride Parade, so that's fun. Uh, she does a lot of charity shows. Um, she's on cruise ships all the time. She was on Dancing with the Stars. She was on Watch What Happens Live. She was on RuPaul's Drag You. Um, she has not been a guest judge on Drag Race yet. I think that's a, a big blind spot. So RuPaul, you need to get on it. Although uh, I haven't been watching All Stars, so maybe she was on All Stars. Who knows? Um, and she was also on the final episode of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, which I really like that show, and I'm sorry that it's gone. Um, okay, so Jordan Knight, who's the most annoying? Well, no, sorry, Ryan Starr was the most annoying person, but Jordan Knight was like a very close second, so I don't have a lot on him. Um, his full name is Jordan Nathaniel Marcel Knight. Uh, he had two solo albums that came out in 2006, 2011. He did something with Nick Carter called Nick and Knight, Nick and Knight, which I get. I don't know if that was like an intentional play on Nick at Knight, but I'm like, why would you name your like, band musical duo like after like a television programming block about like retro tv shows i guess because they're kind of retro they play like saved by the bell on nick at night and i guess backstreet boys and new kids on the block could be considered kind of retro-y at this point i don't know i don't know how i feel about that anyway whatever <laughs> new kids on the block reunited in 2008 so he's doing that now um it was gross in 2015 his hometown of boston declared february 7th as jordan night day this man already has like a huge ego that he doesn't need like he it's nothing really warrants his giant giant ego to this day or to 2004's day whenever this real life was airing um so that's just like kind of gross that they gave him his own day in boston um and yeah he was married for a decade from 2004 to 2014 he has three kids um Dave Coulier, his full name is David Allen Coulier. Just there you go. Now you know his middle name. He's done a lot of voiceover work um, since the surreal life. He did some Robot Chicken, some Canadian show called Bob and Doug. Um, he was on Skating with Celebrities, which was a Fox reality show from 2006, which I've never heard of. So I might have to check that one out. Um, and then, of course, Fuller House came out in 2016, so he was in his most famous role of Joey Gladstone in that. Um, yeah, also he's a private pilot, and he flies a B-35 Bonanza, so there you know. I don't know if the dog is still with him. Just, I don't know. I couldn't find that information. Okay, Ryan Starr. Her real name is Tiffany Montgomery, which I only know from looking her up and watching her American Idol audition because it says Tiffany Montgomery. Her, even her Wikipedia uh, doesn't have her real name. Her Wikipedia doesn't even have a photo. It's kind of sad. Um, so she apparently had issues with her record contract after she finished American Idol. So she, like, didn't release anything. Um, she, like, was released from her contract in 2005 after The Surreal Life. She released an iTunes exclusive single, My Religion, which apparently did very well, even though I've never heard of it. I didn't listen to it. Um, she allegedly turned down a different record contract for a three album deal which would have her releasing two pop albums and then she would be um, allowed to record her preferred style of rock and roll this was like a huge huge super annoying plot point on the like making the single episode or like two episodes when they have to like you know produce that song 
she's like she's so annoying because she's like I don't want to sing this song that Flavor Flav and Jordan Knight wrote because it's pop and that's not my style and this is just like American Idol when they were trying to put me into a box and it's just like oh my gosh you just have a you're here you have a specific task to do just do it so I'm not surprised that she like gave up a chance to be much bigger by like doing a record deal just because it like wasn't fit to like the exact specifications of what she wanted to do so anyway so she didn't do that so I guess instead of releasing music um she's modeled she was in a series of commercials for Harley Davidson um in 2013 she moved to Bali so you know that's nice in 2015 she moved to Paris which honestly I'm really jealous of her because Bali and Paris are probably like the two places I would love to live most in the entire world so I can't fault her um, and then in 2018, she moved back to L.A. Um, there was some talk on the Wikipedia article I read of her starting a YouTube channel, a fashion website, and finally releasing her long-anticipated album. But I couldn't find anything on either of those. So who knows? Um, and then finally, the dog. So on the Wikipedia page, don't blame me if it's wrong, the dog was 11. I don't think that's accurate anymore. I think he would be 15 now maybe 16 I don't know how old golden retrievers live but when I read this it said he was 11 still alive and that he was living in Long Beach um and I don't know if he's still with Dave Coulier or his son Luke but we're gonna believe that Winger the dog Bosco sorry sorry Dave I'm with flavor that Bosco the dog is still alive and well so my final thoughts on surreal life season three episode three well I guess just surreal life season three in general um, I really enjoyed rewatching it. It was like a super easy rewatch. The episodes are pretty short. Um, I found them all on Amazon Prime streaming. It was like free with my Amazon Prime account. So I didn't have to purchase any episodes for this. So that was nice. It's very easy to access if you have that, I guess. Um, yeah, it, it held up really well. I didn't think it came off as dated. Um, the celebrities aren't really like interacting too much with like pop culture or technology so there wasn't like any chunky cell phones for me to point out unfortunately although I do remember in like the very first episode Jordan Knight as he's driving down in his fancy limo to like the house he's like on his cell phone talking to his manager being like oh I can't believe you got me into this I feel like a prostitute and he has a chunky cell phone like it's a flip phone so that's fun um but yeah I really liked rewatching this um again pretty easy to find uh, I definitely want to go back and rewatch season four and then touch on my fair Brady and maybe even season five so that we could do one of the salt and pepper shows there's there's a lot of reality tv out there so we'll wait a while before we necessarily come back but yeah I liked it and um I hope that you guys do too I hope that you do go back and rewatch the surreal life I think that you know it's a really important foundation for reality tv if you're a reality tv aficionado and especially if you like that mid-2000s i like of love blank of love or i love the whatever's all that stuff i think that you know it's this style of editing and um like campiness and just like fun and lightheartedness that i think is like really enjoyable so i would say go back and rewatch it i i, I really liked it okay well i think that's about it for our episode. You can find us on Facebook at Snapback to Reality and on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Feel free to send me an email at Snapback to Snap Snapback Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Um, I'd love to hear your comments, any suggestions for future shows to cover. Just let me know what you think.
Uh, and if you like this podcast, I'd love if you could give it a five-star rating and review on iTunes or tell your friends. Until next time, bye.